Welcome back to Frameform. We're going to be speaking with two collaborators that I've had the pleasure of hosting in DC and sharing their work over the years. Please welcome Mimo Micolis and Carola Mamberto. Mimo Micolis, born in Italy, is a neoclassical and contemporary freelance teacher and choreographer working mainly at the Washington Ballet. He was nominated for the Italian Cultural Society of Washington's Italian Excellence in Dance Award in 2019 and has worked extensively with them over the years to promote Italian arts and culture in D.C. Mikulis was the winner of the Outstanding Choreographer Award at the Youth America Grand Prix Finals in 2015 in New York City, at Indianapolis International Ballet Competition in 2017, at the Washington, D.C. Grand Prix 2021 and 2022, and the Pittsburgh Semifinals in 2016. In 2011, he was also a recipient of the BBC Arts Fund in London, UK. As always, links are in the show notes to explore more. I especially recommend the Dance for Change section of his website featuring works organized by social justice topics. And if you can understand Italian or you want to turn on the captions, his TED Talk as well. Carola is an award-winning journalist and documentary filmmaker based in Washington, D.C., she has reported and produced stories across four continents, ranging from a Sicilian town standing up to the mafia to the global financial crisis. Carola was formerly a co-producer at Rain Media for PBS Frontline. She's a graduate of UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism. So as I mentioned earlier, there's a dance cinema connection with this episode. We're going to be diving into the two projects that we have highlighted through our festivals over the years. Mikoli's documentary was part of our 2020 program, and Magnifica was in our 2022 Capital Dance and Cinema Festival in D.C. We also rescreened the other documentary to showcase a variety of dance and documentary hybrid forms. Both projects are going to be part of Dance Cinema's 10th anniversary anthology, which is being published at the end of this year. So let's talk about your first collaboration, the Mikulis Doc. What was the origin or the inspiration for this project? How did you two meet? How did this all get started? Jeb, thank you so much for having us. It's amazing to be here and we're really grateful for all you do and for how you showcased our projects over the years. That's been really incredible. I'm going to take that question, um, Mimo, because I know that you are going to be way too modest about this. Because for those of you who haven't met Mimo in person, his work, of course, is full of passion and energy and he also channels that in real life but he is also and it's important to say the one of the most down-to-earth people that I know uh, and so I know that he won't do himself justice with this answer to this question but we met because B Mimo was being honored by the Italian Cultural Society of Washington uh, DC which is an organization that promotes Italian culture and language and they you know they, they do a lot of events but they also do a gala every year it's, it's a fundraising gala and they have an honorary guest um, every year it's someone who has um, uh, distinguished themselves in their field um, and it's, it's, it's a big deal and it was a, a big deal at the time for someone like Mimo who was you know he's young and, and you know earlish in his career to, to get such uh, a recognition. Uh, and I was pretty involved with the Italian Cultural Society at the time. And so we decided to do a, a video to, to show at the gala, at the event, to introduce Mimo. So I uh, asked um, 
uh, my cinematographer, uh, the cinematographer that I really enjoy working with here in DC, a shout out to uh, Umid Gulsen. Um, I said, you know, I'm doing this thing. Will you come with me to, to the Washington Ballet? We're going to film this choreographer. I, I hear he's amazing. I wasn't, I was a little bit familiar with his work and, and, you know, I had heard of him and I had seen some of his stuff. So we went to the Washington Ballet. We, uh, we filmed, we met Mimo. We filmed him while he was uh, teaching and rehearsing with his students. Uh, and then I sat him down for an interview. And that's when we got into his story of how he got to where he was in his career and his life. And ta-da, my documentary, you know, producer antennas went up and I immediately knew that we had material there to make an actual documentary, a short documentary, um, not just because of um, the story of Mimo, who, you know, as you know, he comes from this small town in Italy, uh, Conversano in Puglia, a very small town. Um, and, you know, being a, um, uh, you know, learning to dance in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a context like that, not an easy thing to do. And he, you know, had many experiences everywhere and, and sort of made it internationally and to DC. So the story itself was amazing, but it was also the way in which Mimo told that story. So I was like, this will become um, something. And that started a collaboration that was just perfect on so many levels. I was so excited when we received it because I always see the location that something's from. And I love that this was a combination of both local and international. And as you so beautifully put, the way that Mimo tells his story you just infuse passion and joy in everything you do. And that is, it transcends through the screen. And having you there in person at the events too was just such an amazing pairing. So Mimo, what was your perspective on meeting Carola and getting started on this project? <laughs> okay, first, thanks to, to you, Jen, and to everybody here. And was was great to meet Carola because we... From the beginning, a very strong relation. Um, what is impressive uh, that probably doesn't happen all the time with a director that while we were filming, uh, no, after we filmed the documentary, I asked Carola, "Can you show me something?" I said, "No, no, you cannot see. It will be a surprise." <laughs> and I didn't know that Carola actually contact some people in my family and she has videos and uh, pictures. And so when actually we were screaming the documentary for the, the award ceremony, it was a surprise to me. So I was in, in tears because there were videos that I, I never saw before and um, moments that I was not expecting. So it was very, very emotional, it was really beautiful. So I will always say thanks to, to Carola and her amazing work and how she works with people, how she worked with me. You can tell that you've really got a research background because it really enhances the story the way you see. You're not just saying, I grew up this way. You're actually seeing pictures and the collective audience, oh, when we see little Mimo and we learn the story and we hear the voices of different people also that you're working with currently it creates a more dynamic portrait. I think especially now we can hear people speaking about themselves, but to hear this like orchestra and this coordination of a portrait really adds so much more than just someone saying, well, this is my perspective or having the filmmaker on the outside 
in this voyeuristic positioning. So it was just so artfully done. And it was an instant yes for me. I was like, yeah, we're going to screen this. This is awesome. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. It's nice to hear. Thanks. So after that film, you were like, we're not done here. Let's keep working together. Let's do more. So what was your next project about? And how did that all get started? Because, you know, part of the Dance in a Docs goal that we had was to show different formats, ranging from a more short film experimental format to a more straightforward documentary. And Magnifica was this creature of its own that was a documentation of a live performance, but also a dance film all on its own. So how did you get started with Goldschmidt and Chiari? And tell us a little bit about that project as well. So uh, the Embassy of Italy uh, contacted me uh, years ago to for this project. So they wanted to um, expose uh, the U.S. to these new works of Goldmish and Chiari. They are really famous already in uh, in Italy and Europe, and they want to promote them in the U.S. So because their work is really beautiful and unique, they wanted to include also dance. Why dance with pieces of art? Because their signature pieces of art are made on mirrors. And so when you get to see their, their art, it's not only to go to the museums to see art, there's no, of course, touches you, but you are not really involved. But with their pieces, you are actually, you see yourself in the picture because you, you see yourself in, in a completely different world. So when I first so their pieces of art was like to get for the first time to get it for the first time in a, in a theater this is like magical box in which everything is possible so they worked already Gormich and Chiari in the past with uh, performing art and they really wanted to have a performance in uh, not only the gallery but also a video installation as part of the installation in the gallery so they wanted me because we worked already in the past with the embassy. And then I asked Carola, because we worked already together, to be part of this project. Of course, Carola said yes, because she fell in love also with the pieces of art and with the history of Godmich and Chiari. Everything was, was just perfect. It was very, you know, maybe difficult to explain um, for people who haven't seen these pieces of art, but the, they, Goldschmidt and Chiari, it's a duo of artist women, and they experiment with, with these smoke bombs, <clears throat> and they experiment with, with these sort of beautiful altered photographs of colored smoke that they then print on mirrors. So it's not basically it's not just a mirror but it's it's this these this textured smoke um in different colors that it draws you in it's very it's a very immersive um viewing experience it's it's a uh, as Mo said, it's not just looking at a at a at a piece of art, but you're really sort of drawn almost into it, almost like into another world. And I think that that was the, from a filmmaking perspective, that was the huge appeal of this project. Um, uh, at least as to me, was to sort of discover what happens in that moment when you're, uh, you know, faced with um, kind of yourself in front of of this this piece of art 
you know, what, what does that world look like that you're looking into? Um, so we played a lot around the idea of uh, making something that would visually, uh, you know, look like the dancers were popping sort of in and out of this world. Uh, we wanted to experiment with alternate worlds that we all have inside of us, sort of our most unconscious thoughts and desires what does that look like are you know the impulses that we may be hiding under the surface and so the project had had two components the screen dance as Mimo said that was going to accompany the the installation at the gallery and then the the embassy also commissioned a a documentary of the making of the screen dance and so for the screen dance part, we really, that was sort of our focus. How do we show that world? Literally and symbolically to have dance and film portray this particular type of art is such a perfect partnership because as you mentioned, the smoke is movement and it's reflected in the mirrors and mirrors are such an essential part of both dance and cinema. So I love that not only do we get to see this unique screen dance that's created, but also the making of, which really highlights that, yes, this is a, an excellent way and also an excellent opportunity because often art can exist for the sake of itself, but it's also great when there's a utility or there's some sort of additional benefit from it, such as to archive something or commemorate it or celebrate it. And not everyone's going to be able to see an exhibit that's only up for a limited amount of time. So what a great idea to have this collaboration. <laughs> uh, so the... The, the work of Godmish and Kiari was inspired by the hymn of, of Isis. It speaks about, it's very hard to explain, but it's about two centuries ago. And it, I wanted to, to make a relation between the past and the present. So, as I said before, to present something in front of mirrors with dance means a lot, especially for dancers, because when you see yourself in front of the mirror, and we spend a lot of time in dance in front of the mirrors, like almost all day, you have a lot of different emotions. So you can like yourself, you can correct yourself, you can hate yourself. So it's exactly the same of when people in the normal life, no dancers, see themselves in the mirror. So I wanted to divide the piece in three parts. So there is a male solo that is very strong and very sexy at the same time. <laughs> and then there is, uh, no wait, there is a female solo, sorry. There is a female solo first, then there is a male solo, and then there is a trio. Um, the female solo is about a uh, way to show femininity. So, very soft and elegant and um, delicate movement in contrast with a very strong and powerful movement. Then there was the male solo. They was still related with the with the female solo. Then there is the trio in which there is the collaboration with, with the relation with, between the three in which there is not only the men supporting the girls, but actually there are also the girls supporting the men. So there is a total equality between the three. So in the video, you see the dancers that are in front of the mirror, in the mirror, outside of the mirror. So is that is what what we want to convey to the audience. Yeah, and then we also wanted them to sort of, you know, appear all of a sudden in different places. And to do that, we spent a whole day, re you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again and capturing from different 
capturing it all from different angles. We filmed at Cody Gallery, which is where the pieces then um, were, you know, were up in an exhibition uh, was happening there. So we filmed them in front of the actual pieces of art, in front of the actual smoke, um, you know, mirrors. And then we filmed them at this uh, beautiful location, especially for this purpose, DuPont Underground. It's perfect because it's all these like forgotten, hidden, you know, tunnels of the of the metro of the DC metro. And um, it was also I mean, it was it was great because I had this amazing um, team that that uh, I brought on for this um, of, you know, Gaffer and Grip, um, William Iverson and Matt McIntyre. And they um, did an amazing job with the lighting. We had, you know, we, we it was like a, a full blown um, production we had like smoke we recreated the smoke in the tunnels which you know it was like there was there were no lights there and so we were able to really play with our own lights and with what you know and we recreated exactly the same colors and the same mood that was in the in the works of art and we had the dancers do all their the different um, you know their different the different parts of the choreography in different ways um, but always with the camera sort of capturing it from angles that then in the edit room allowed me to cut things um, very quickly. And um, the effect, and I hope that that's what you got as a viewer, you'll have to tell us, Jen, but I, I hope that what you got was this blending of it wasn't clear anymore who was the female, who was the male, what was, you know, what was gentle, what was harsh, what was, you know, because it, it is like life, you know, beautiful, but also messy, neat, but also not. And, and, and there's something kind of edgy and scary about it all. And so to, that was the whole idea behind it. Let's, you know, how do we recreate that part? And the daunting thing, of course, with all the smoke, we didn't realize that it takes a long time then for the smoke to sort of, you know, and, and so towards the end of the day, we were dealing with a lot of thickness in the lights. And so, you know, there were challenges with that. And also for the dancers, right, Mimo, it wasn't really easy. It wasn't a very easy environment to dance in. No. Especially first thing for the floor, because we were dancing on track trains, you know, it was no easy with dust because it's dirty, the, the, the pond underground. And wearing white. Yes, wearing <laughs> white. And uh, yeah, in the, there were moments that there was so much smoke that the dancers couldn't see each other. Uh, it was also hard for, for us, for the video makers to film because it was full of smoke everywhere. But we played with the light. It was really fun and unfor unforgettable experience for, for us and for the dancers. Well, and such a brilliant choice of location as well because it really portrays what you were saying earlier about you have the literal confrontation with the mirrors in the gallery in this clean space but then you have this other world that you're being transported to and watching it it the editing is flawless and I really do see that blend of the dancers but also the continuity editing and the amount of planning that went into this sometimes we get films that visually are really cool but it's just a bunch of cool improv where it looks like a highlight reel of the best movement whereas this is truly has a structure and that carries it through so Thank you for all the work you put into Planet. It, I think it really did pay off. Yes. And the, I have to say that the, another beautiful part of this project was also the editing. Because 
we worked also together in some moments, also speak about the technical part of dance. So we met also to edit together. Of course, we, we had that, like a conversation, what is better for video, what is better in dance? Yeah, editing is a layer of choreography. And the, the fact that you two were able to sit together and really process that made all the difference for a really cohesive whole. Uh, sometimes people can be really talented at one aspect of a project, but it's truly a collaborative medium. So if you can have those ongoing planning sessions and creative work sessions, I think it really does yield the best result. So what's next for you individually and collaboratively? Okay, in individually, uh, is, this is very weird that we are doing this uh, live right now. And today I start the rehearsals for uh, the pre-opening uh, season of the Washington Ballet for a show that will be at the end of September at the DuPont Underground. So this is amazing. <laughs> and then they commissioned to me two choreographies. And then together we have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of projects that we love to work together. And probably there are two teams. We didn't start the project, but we are talking from a long time about two teams that are for sure the climate change and migration. I don't want to, to tell you more. Stay tuned. <laughs> Carola? I was going to say, and Jen, you, I think you'll be definitely one of the first people to know because, you know, given all the, you know, um, um, visibility that you have given us and we, we feel very, you know, as I said, grateful for it, but also uh, that you would be the first person to know about what we, you know, come up with next. I still, you know, this, I was going to say for me, magnifique, I mean, I, you know, I come from a sort of very hard-hitting news, you know, journalistic documentary background and this was such an amazing thing to have like a blank slate, you know, it, it awakened all sorts of creative things in me. It was really kind of a career altering project because um, we don't have that usually, we don't have that luxury in documentary usually to, um, you know, to, like you said, to plan things, to, yeah, to have a pl blank slate and don't just, and just be like, this is what I want to get, you know, with documentary, you, yes, you have, you know, there's ways that you can get, um, you know, uh, content that's better, you can get, you know, you work on getting the scenes that matter in a film, but in the end, you're still left kind of with the things that you have. And that's part of, of the beauty and power of documentary. It is about observing it's about you know uh, capturing the you know truthfully what goes on but it also you know has some limitations because of that so you know i'm i'm exploring all sorts of new st sort of storytelling territories but uh, at the same time i still you know i still do my you know documentary work and i'm working on a on a feature length project right now about uh, the world of rare diseases and the industry behind that i can't really say more um, but it is a, a pretty big project so that's kind of gotten my whole attention right now but mimo you know we we are talking about doing um something very soon so i hope that we can meet again for the next project of course that's all very exciting stuff and i know that it's a uh, difficult balance when it's like, well, this thing's on the horizon, but I can't say too much. But I, I think that makes it more exciting. And uh, I'm very honored that you were able to share even those little teasers today. So we'll know what to look out for. So thank you so much for being here today, sharing more about these collaborations. Listeners, you can check out the show notes for links and more from Carola and Mimo. And be on the lookout this winter for Dance Cinema's anthology. It's going to be a huge 
volume of all the projects that we have screened, including special recognitions and some awards and other exciting stuff from our jury. Thank you, Katala and Mimo. It's been a pleasure talking more with you, and I cannot wait to see these exciting projects and beyond. Thank you. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao. Alla prossima. We have an announcement this week. This month's screening presented by Rogue Dancer will be featuring the theme of everyday heroes. This online event will be available to screen from the comfort of your home or wherever you like to watch dance films from Friday, September 22nd to Sunday, October 8th. Rogue Dancer presents a new and different theme screening every month, so be sure to check out their Patreon to learn how to see them. For more information on this and following Rogue Dancer events, check the link in the show notes. This is Frameform, hosted by Hannah Weber, Jen Ray, and Claire Schweitzer. Episode edited by the Frameform team, with social media support from Maddie Leitner and music by Mason Carlton. Thanks for listening.